Welcome back to Everything Scary at 3 a.m. My name is John, and with me, as always, is a a polite M name uh, for Mandy. Uh, what, what's a good one for you today? Uh, I, I need to look these up. I, I've been trying. Uh, I found meticulous last time, meticulous? and I was like, that's "Yeah, not, that's, that no. is not that does not describe you at all." Wow, that's just rude. Anyway. Um, we. <laughs> I'm, I'm so offended. We'll come up with a. How about marvelous, marvelous, Mandy? Because we've already done this. marvelous, and and I can't. I don't want to reuse. I've heard double the, the same marvelous. words otherwise. Everybody's just sitting there going like, "Jan, what's wrong with you? How come you haven't come up with more <laughs> M words?" Probably why you should have just stuck with Mandy, and not marvelous Mandy well, or no, there miraculous. Bit... Oh, miraculous Mandy! There you go. I'm a miracle. Yes, yes, you are, honey. Anywho, so we actually ended up going to go see another. Um, movie that came out, another of the one of the older movies uh, that came out at our local Alamo Draft House. And again, I really do have to stress, going out to watch these movies in theater is a lot nicer than. It's such a cool experience it's, because it's especially for the older movies because so this one, uh, this this one that we saw was actually um, Silver Bullet and uh, it, Stephen King's Silver Bullet from 1985. And and it came out in 1985. Now for. For especially for for you know the younger the, the newer hipper generation they're never gonna get to go see this they're they're never gonna know that experience with uh, this movie specifically. Well, I mean, why would they need to know what it feels like? Because they can stay at home and they can watch it on their their cell phone. That is not the right way to do things, by the way, people. You need to sit there with a whole bunch of other strangers and make in fun a of dark the movie. room and make yeah. fun of it, but. This one, this one is hard to make fun of, regardless, because it's so good. Yeah, the movie like, kind of makes fun of itself too. And and this was this is probably one of the better Stephen King movies. Yeah, yeah, I'll give it that. I mean, it's not a mangler, it's not a rose red, so yeah, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll give you that. It, it is Stephen King's Silver Bullet, by the way. It constantly says Stephen King's Silver Bullet. Like everywhere else, you look it up, it's Silver Bullet. No, it's like. On the title screen, it's Stephen King's Silver Bullet. But Stephen King actually didn't even make a, a um, like a not a debut, I guess, but he didn't even like show up in this one, doesn't he? Usually? No, he didn't. Uh, he didn't make a cameo in this one. But a cameo, so, thank you. That's what I was looking for. I I don't remember where he was uh, when it came to because if this came past, like if this was after Maximum Overdrive, mm-hmm. then like we know why. Oh, because he wasn't he wrote and directed that one yeah yeah true but uh uh yeah it was this one on the other hand was uh directed by daniel attis i think it's attius i i don't think so it's, i think it's a tuss because attic is att yeah but i i he's not um this is a this is a dino de Laurentiis film so it's italian there's a lot of italians in there yeah maybe his maybe he's not I, I I doubt it. It's going to say, apparently this was Don uh, Castanelli, Castit, Castanelli, blah, blah. I can't, it was, uh, it was one of the, it's Don Castanelletti. I can't say Ca- his name. I, Castanetti? Ca- I don't even it's, know. It's a well-known uh, horror director. He was the one who worked on this mainly up until the point where they were trying to shoot the scenes with the werewolf in it. They which, could not again, agree on the were- on how the werewolf yeah, was supposed to One of them to wanted look. to be like a panther. One of them wanted to be like a like a big hulking brute, and they couldn't decide. So Don Castanelletti, Ca- Castanelletti, I I know this guy, <laughs> and it pisses me you, off. You're trying so hard, but he quit 
Uh, and that's when this Daniel guy showed up, and he... He finished it off. He finished it off. He got the director credit, and after that, he did nothing but TV movies. But uh, he actually did Briscoe County Jr. Yeah, like, I think about five episodes of Briscoe County Jr. he directed on that. I one. really like that show. Uh, it, this one was written by Stephen King, by the way. And I don't know if you've you've ever seen Stephen King kind of bitch about... Like, he... He bitched a lot. About about The Shining. About not being able, like, people not doing the right things with his movies. And, well, like, the so they were bitching about it. And then, yeah, well, which, that movie was, I mean, he that's a great hate, movie. Oh, my God, he hated that Oh, yeah, movie. and then he finally got, a, a, like, a another, a, one, done another one, and it was god-awful. It was the one that was actually on TV. The um, motherfucker from Wings in it. yeah. Yeah. Just, like, what the hell are you doing here? You are not supposed to be here. And it was so weird to see that guy in there because he would flip into doing the Jack Torrance character from uh, the uh, Stanley Kubrick version. Uh, oh, yes. He would like try to be crazy. And he wasn't supposed to be crazy in the book from what I remember. He was just kind of weird. But anyway, so this one, you, you can't blame it on anybody else. This one was written by Stephen King from a novella by Stephen King. Which was also based on a calendar that had blurbs from Stephen King. That's how this whole situation came out. The cycle of the werewolf came up because somebody wanted to make a goddamn calendar of spooky shit. And they got Stephen King to write in it. And then he created a novella based on that and then became a movie. With a lot of different people in there. Uh, you had Corey Haim. And this uh, is actually his second movie? Second movie. Yeah. Yeah, so this is before Lucas, before Lost Boys, um, before my favorite uh, which is a prayer of the roller boys, prayer of the roller boys for the roller boys. I'm not sure which one it is. Uh, it's it's prayer something the roller boys. Love that movie. Hilariously weird, uh, but it also stars Gary Busey. Um, I want to say this is this is early in his career. I think. Uh, um. Is this is it? I can't remember when Point Break came out. I can't remember. I can't remember that. But uh, Gary Busey, if you don't know, he's the dude with the big teeth. Love that guy. Uh, and the brothers. There's a whole... There's brothers that I always... I always get all the brothers confused. Well, those are all his sons. I, what? Yeah. I thought they were all brothers. All his sons. Holy shit. They look like... Spitting image of their daddy. Yeah, Jake Busey. Yeah. The, the, isn't that the guy from the Frighteners? Jake Busey? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> wow, that's crazy. It also has Everett McGill in it. Who I know as Stilgar from the 19, I want to say something or other. It wasn't. 70s? 80s? 70s? Now I feel bad. Uh, it's the. Um, Anyways, it's Dune. It's the. Uh, it's Dune. It's the uh, the Alan Smithy Dune uh, that was not directed by Alan Smithy. It was directed by somebody completely different. I'm not going to get in there. But he was also Big Ed in Twin Peaks. Now, is this the older Twin Peaks or the newer Twin Peaks? I think he's in both. Oh, okay. Yeah, this he looks so weird now. Like, I haven't seen. I haven't seen. Honestly, I haven't seen Twin Peaks. So. Uh, he was also in Heartbreak Ridge. I just want to put that out there, so we can tell that he's a, he's done dramatic acting before. Heartbreak Ridge is acting. acting. Uh, really nice thing though. Terry O'Quinn's in it. I want to say this is post Stepfather. I loved Terry O'Quinn in, in Stepfather. He brings a lot to the the very small role of the. He's playing the uh, the sheriff in the town. He brings a lot into this one. And oh, what else is he? What else is he in though? He was in Lost. No, but but other than that, cause I I never saw you, Lost. You recognize him in a lot of things. I mean, I recognize him, but now I'm like, what movie was he from? Because now that's going to drive me insane. Well, he was in Stepfather. 
I, I, I've never seen that. Oh, man. It, the best part of Stepfather is when he's sitting there. It's like, he's like yelling at somebody on the, the phone. And um, he she's like, wait a minute. Jerk. What do you mean? And he's just like, wait a minute. Who am I here? And he couldn't remember who he was because he was, he was living a double life. And then he like smashes <laughs> a knife in the face. It was amazing. It was that an amazing cool. movie. Okay, uh, all right. And also, this is going to be kind of weird. It has the lady named Megan Follows. I want to say that's either the uh, the sister or the girlfriends, the one of the younger girls in there, and she is basically every version of Anne of Green Gables. Hmm. Yeah, so weird. Like, I saw her, she was in Anne of Green Gables. She was in, like, Anne of yeah, blah, blah, blah. And it was like, that's so weird that you would end up being like, like I left this, and then I ended up being every version of of Green, like blank of Green Gable and Green Gables and of blank. I don't even know how to how they do those rest of those books. Uh, but yeah, it's just so weird that she's. It's like this is what I ended up doing. I was Anne of Green Gables. I'm like, fuck, dude. <laughs> I mean, which I've never read that book uh, or the book series, but it's it's uh, to me it's it's a very like Little Women or The Secret Garden kind of book. Mm. You know, it's like that the young girl in a, not in a mystical land, but in like a just trying to grow up young girl coming of age kind of books. Hmm. I, I wouldn't know. Okay. I've never read it. Uh, so yeah, uh, we were excited um, about this this uh, this whole movie. We got there, we, we had a grand old time because it was the same commercials that we had seen from last week and we were able to joke along with a lot of other people. Uh, but this is what? third fourth uh werewolf movie or this is the second one no there was oh like oh I yes yes the second one that we've seen uh-huh. yeah. the first one was the howling so compared to that one i mean we'll, we'll have to compare the, the the werewolf transformations but i will say that i enjoyed this one um i feel like the, the a lot just some of the weirdness this was a very slow burn movie for us uh so we'll and we'll do a, a break and then come back for it uh, but it's just a, it was a kind of a funky movie for me. I really liked it. I love well, this I mean, movie. I, I love the whole situation, but, uh, we're going to go ahead and come back, uh, and we will, well, we'll do let, our... We'll let you listen to the trailer and all that good stuff. Yeah. And like, we'll, try to get a refresher in your mind a little bit. And then we will come on back and just kind of give our, our full thoughts about the whole movie and do the breakdowns and all that. Yep. See you soon. It began in May, and every month after that, whenever the moon was full, it happened again. And again. What was that? It's over there. Oh, boy, that me? Nobody knew who or what was responsible. They only knew it had to be stopped. Now, from the master of mystery and suspense, Stephen King's Silver Bullet. back 
So one of the things that I kind of forgot was the weird music in yes. this. Uh-huh. It's, that it was, that was it one of does things. not fit. Uh, apparently this takes place in 1976. I don't know if they said where it was supposed to be. It was like Indiana or something like that. Uh, um, sure. Sure, whatever. Uh, and uh, it takes place in a small town. And all of the music is like pan flute music. It's like do 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 do. And it's it's very um, I don't know. It reminds me of the Sandlot, I guess. Like that kind of. It reminds me of a now on a very special episode of a show, oh, okay. like yeah. you know that kind of deal. <laughs> yeah, I can see that too. Um, it starts off with uh, probably one of the more gruesome kills in this this whole movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, we see a drunk guy. Uh, who it works for, I guess, the railroad. Uh, and then he, he walks out, he's fiddling around, and then sees some, like, like a big man foot, yeah, foot like a, a tracks giant, or something like that. Yeah. A giant foot track. And then, boom, decapitation. Just whoop! It, knock, it, knocks the head clear off of him. Yeah, just, and then it goes sailing through the air and lands, you know, somewhere. Yeah, not in a, a like, tee like, you know, not in a, like, oh my god, that's horrifying. It's more of a tee like, that part from Jason uh, Takes Manhattan where he knocks the dude's, like, entire head off and it, like, goes through a hoop before falling into a garbage can. That's how fucking silly is this is. Is that what you thought about? Yes. I was like, why is he laughing? Because it's Jason Takes Manhattan. No. It was such a, like, I mean, it was clearly a paper mache hat, like, head, like, popping off and going off into the, like, nowhere. <laughs> it was just like, what the fuck? And then there's a werewolf call. That's the weirdest, that's the second weirdest part about this. There's a werewolf howl that is heard by the entire town. Including the people who are inside cutting hair. Yeah, and they're they're like all disturbed by it. And they all stop. And they all stop. My goodness. They all look. Truly, this is the season of the wolf. We have to stop what we are doing. (laughs) These are bad times in 1976. Uh, And then it keeps saying it takes place during the summer. Of the werewolf, and I'm sitting yeah. there going like, uh, and then it goes until October, so there had to have been at least six times where he changed. So okay, yep. Yeah. Um, anyway, does he only change on the full moon? Except for the times when he doesn't. Hmm. Yeah, written by Stephen King, by the way. Oh, I didn't realize that it, it was that long of a thing. I thought it was all like in a couple of. Well, nights remember, because uh, it's like at the very beginning of the summer, because they had like a like a July Fourth, like let's all hang out, and then at the end it was October thirty first. It was Halloween, really? Yeah, remember that that whole thing about uh, by it was Halloween oh, night. With day the, to day. No, with the trick or treat. Oh, yeah, yeah, because she was talking about trick or treat. Yeah, the sister like literally tells us she's the viewpoint character is from the sister, Marty's sister. Marty played by Corey Haim, the sister played by the Anna Green Gables chick, I think. Uh, but she is narrating the entire time, like she saw the whole thing or something like. That. It's so weird. He's like, that's my brother Marty. He's my cross to bear. And then... It's so sad because Marty's in a wheelchair and she's so mean to him. And I get it. Like, they're trying to, to put this whole thing out like, oh, it's the, you know, he's he's such a burden on the family kind of thing. And that's what she thinks. But really, Corey Haim isn't an asshole to her. Yeah, he's, I mean... Like, he's around another asshole. Like, there's, there's this... Like kid, like Buster or something like that. His best friend's supposed to be a douchebag. Yeah, and he is. He's a douchebag, but... It, like, it was so weird. Yeah. It, it didn't have anything to do with Marty. He's like, my hose. You're like, you ruined my pantyhose. I'm like, you're, like, it's 1976. Everybody, by the way, it is not 1976. It is 1985. 
There is nobody trying to dress up like it's the 1970s. There's no kind of indication that it's the 1970s. It is all 1985, super 80s. Like, and I get it. You know, it's the, it was 1985. Nobody gave a shit about like, let's rewind it 10 years ago and let's see what they all look like. It's like, no, it's, it was so weird. Um, but after the first kill, um, we see this whole part. We're introduced to Marty uh, and the sister. Uh, they go home. And then during, the, so they're at like some kind of like festival. Uh, and while they're watching this whole festival take place, uh, there's this weird little interlude between this guy and this girl that we don't know. Uh, and it, she's sitting there like, you have to help me with this baby. He's like, the guy's like, it ain't my baby. I don't know what you're talking about. You know, I, I hit it and quit. I'm getting the hell out of here. So it, it was this weird kind of, I was like, that's it kind was, of an odd thing for us yeah, to sit on was, for like two minutes. Yeah, it was very oddly placed. But then, you know, later on you see, you, you're you at a house and uh-huh. you see this, the same girl who's pregnant uh, try to overdose. Yeah, so, so she's, she's getting to the point where she's going to kill herself with these gigantic hot tamales. Uh, they are not pills. They are hot tamales. Yeah. Well, she's like, she's let me like, just keep putting them in my mouth, chugging them down. And we're like, well, she likes hot tamales. Death, maybe they, maybe they sat for like death by spiciness. I guess so. It's a cinnamon flavored death. <laughs> but uh, you know, maybe they were also sitting out for a while. That's why she was able to like shake them out under the thing. It's like, oh, they've been uh, you know airing out this whole time, so they're not as potent. So you can just shove them all in your mouth. That's <laughs> what you got to do with hot tamales, by the way. You got to leave them sitting out for about a like a day, and then you can eat them. There's absolutely no problem. Well, so this girl. That was funny. So this girl. Thank you. You're welcome. So this, uh, so this girl tries to OD, and a werewolf. You know, you see it from werewolf perspective, and he's you know outside her window and all sorts of stuff. He he breaks in, kills her, and like this before horrible, OD. Horrible, yeah, before she can have the chance to OD. Yeah, um, which plays into to stuff later. It's just, it's kind of funny to me that he, like the werewolf was sitting there going like, do, do, do. oh wait, somebody's about to kill themselves, quick. Werewolf man away! And he runs over and he smashes through a window like freaking uh, the you know I, I don't want to say the Kool Aid Man. I don't want to say Kool Aid Man. I think that's been overused. So I'm gonna say like uh, like Macho Man Randy Savage busting in, snapping into a Slim Jim because that's what she was at that point. She was a snack. Oh my gosh. She's a little meat stick. Well, either way, she dies uh, horribly, mm-hmm. and her mother hears all the commotion upstairs. Oh my! It takes fucking forever to find her gun. Like, to go up there and figure out what's going on, she's like, it's ridiculous. So she ends up going up there with her gun, and, you know, she opens up the door, and her daughter's, like, in pieces on her bed. Yep. Staring at the camera, by the way. She's, like, dead on the bed, staring Staring at at the the camera. camera. So it's like, dun, dun, dun. And the mother's like, (gasps) (gasps) Yeah, she's screaming. Uh, and then we're we're getting some more Martiness. Uh, this is where they drop the title. Uh, is this where the pastor is? Or no? Did we meet the pastor yet? No, no. no. The, the pastor was at, at the very beginning during the whole festival thing. So that's a, a question that I have. Um, well, you know, we'll get into that a little bit later. Uh, but they they have the they at the festival. We we see the reverend. We see um, we see. So it's it's Everett, whatever the hell, McMillan. Uh, is standing there. The, the sheriff. And, yeah. We got Terry O'Quinn being the sheriff up in there. So it's, it's this happy, like, everybody used to care about each other during this part. Then we get the dead girl. Then everybody's getting kind of freaked out. Marty is showing up, or, like, he's, like, leaving school in a gas-powered electric... Like, it's a... It's an electric a, wheelchair. It's a, it's a, yeah, so it's a mobile wheelchair. It's, like, a, a self-propelled wheelchair. But it's gas-powered. 
And apparently, like, they even took the muffler off of it. Mm -hmm. Which I've never seen something like that, especially not in 1970s. Or maybe in the 80s it made a little bit more sense, but, you know. Uh, but, yeah, no, he's just putting around. <laughs> and he drops his little friend off from, like, his little girlfriend off yeah. at home. And uh, you meet the girl's douchebag father. Yeah, like, who's hanging out with creeples. Yeah, they're all on welfare. And I'm he, like... As he drunkenly drinks the rest of his beer. In the middle of the day. In the middle of the day. And then, um... Shit. Okay, so uh, that so happens. It, yeah, she was the cutest little thing, too, because she was sitting there like, Well, Marty, I'm really scared to be around here. I'm like, oh, damn, God. Jody. That, yeah. That, bring it down. There, there was some serious uh, southern... Draws. Super, super like, and it was like ultra southern fod. It was like the pastor. The pastor has a really deep. Well, he, he drives. Kinda. Every now and then he he drops it and he picks it back up. Uh, so at that point, it's is that before or after? I think we get introduced to to Gary Busey at this point. Oh no, uh, they they get there and yeah, this is when we're introduced to Gary Busey. We get introduced to Gary Busey by him literally telling, uh. You know, guy walks into a bar joke, oh, and he's sipping out of a, a bottle of wild turkey, <laughs> like in front of other people. And I'm like, he's not acting. That's a real bottle of wild turkey. That's just Gary Busey from the eighties. Oh 80s. god, it was so bad. It was a donkey joke. Yeah, hee haw, hee haw. You can find it wherever you want. I'm not gonna redo it. I was about to, and then I'm yeah, like, oh god. Like, why does like he? So, why does he call you jackass? Oh well, he 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 always calls me that. And he's he like, sounds like a. Like a it, like, like a donkey. A donkey. The whole time. Yeah, no, that was fun. God, was uh, we didn't even laugh at that no. one. Like we were just like, Ugh. Just like Ugh. Uh, then it, it cuts to the drunk guy's house, not Gary Busey, but the uh, the, the douchebag father. The douchebag father. Uh, he is watching wrestling. Wrestling, which again, it's the 1970s. Was that like a big thing during the 1970s? Like the 1980s? I remember WWF coming out and all that kind of stuff, but I guess it wasn't this one. Uh, there wasn't any flamboyant costumes, which disappointed me. I was like, man, where's Gold Dust when you need him? But oh my god, I I couldn't think of anybody else other Funny. than Gold Dust. Uh, so Kane, hard. DMX. Uh, what else? Uh, Ric Flair. Andre the Giant. Uh, who's that? The guy. Anyways. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Uh, so he walks outside, goes into like, I don't know, is it a grow house It's or a something? greenhouse. It's like a greenhouse, it looks like. I guess. It's like a huge greenhouse, though. Mm -hmm. It's really big. Like, it has like wooden floors and everything. Yeah, like with like 20 feet worth of. Like ground under, like, underneath. Yeah. Like a basement. It has a basement in the greenhouse. Yeah. It was so weird. It's so weird. He's walking around with a shotgun. Uh, the werewolf punches up through there. Pulls him down. He gets stabbed in the stomach. The by fat a guy plank. freaks out so much that he, yeah, he slams into a one of the busted like board slats and he just dies that way. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, well, that was a thing. So he dies. So that's so that's who? That's two people. Yeah, that's that's the that's two the people. second person. Yeah, third person. Well, that's the third person actually. Oh, because that's it's uh, decapitation guy. Oh yeah, sorry. The, suicide. Yeah, and the then, suicide and then yeah. the, the drunk guy. The drunk guy. Uh, at this point, we're we're introduced to some of the other rabble rousers inside of town. Uh, the guy from Reservoir Dogs, the uh, the old guy uh, who names everybody, he's like he's Mister Pink, you're Mister Blue, or whatever. Uh, he's the bartender. He's got this massive baseball bat, wooden baseball bat called the Peacemaker. It's got it burned into the side of it. He's like yelling at people like you, you both simmer down. I was like that's fine, uh, but he does it in that like old guy, like I'm from wherever the hell he is. You two simmer down. I was like, damn, calm, calm yourself. 
Um, at that point, I think we get some more Gary Busey-ness. Yeah, because the, the townspeople are getting pissed off because yeah. they, they don't think that the cops are doing anything. But they've got to... So they, they implement a, a curfew. I remember that part. Yeah. And people are, like, trying to, uh, like, get inside really quickly. There's this one funny lady who's, like, trying to unlock the door. But it's, like, taking her, like, 20 <laughs> minutes because she's freaking the fuck out about it. Uh, you I know, remember that part. People are, like, yanking the kids inside. And Marty's outside with his douchebag friend. And he's like, don't you want to come home? They're flying a kite. He's like, no, I'm going to stay out here flying my happy face kite this entire time. The, the douchebag says yeah. it's not Marty. And, uh, and Marty looks on at him like in a very, like... Your ass is going to die way. I, maybe I shouldn't leave him here. Maybe, maybe if anybody else is going to die, it's probably going to be him. Oh, well. Oh, well. And then, he, and then he, you know, he goes away. And then that's... Um, that's whenever it goes back. It goes back to the bar, right? It shows everybody back at the bar, and they're getting and then, mad again. And then, and then the father of that boy comes has, in. Has anybody seen my son, Billy? Has anybody seen Billy? And then Terry O'Quinn's walking around with this, Bl- like, gore-covered Bl- yeah, kite. kite. Yeah, like it. It's... Like a Like, and you're just sitting there looking at it, kind of going, "How did that happen? Did the werewolf like rub it all over him after he died?" <laughs> Just chucking like, pieces of him up at the kite. You know what's really, you know, like that kite is going to be a poignant metaphor. I need to pull that. that that's the weirdest part about this this werewolf. Usually, uh, in my, you know, just in the, the lore, in the books, and in the movies, werewolves are things of unbridled anger and, and rage. They are, they are the beast within. They are our id's given form. Uh, this one... Does things that are fucking hilarious, like pulling somebody down under the boards because it's using its mental images. You know, like it's like a, per- it's it's less of a, of this unbridled passion and more of just like an angry teenager causing fucking problems who knows it can get away with things. Mm-hmm. Like the 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 fat guy getting stabbed or the other guy getting his head knocked off. He knocks off the 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 very first kill. He knocks out. He kills a drunk. Knocks his head off and then kind of positions the body to where when the train comes in in the morning. It looks like a train ran him over. Yeah. And I'm like, that's kind of weird. Yeah, that's not, that's, that's well thought out. Yeah. And when the yeah. fat guy gets killed, it's not the werewolf running around and killing him. It's like these, you know, the only person who is, is clearly mauled to death is the suicide of the girl who was, well, the, the girl who was about to suicide. Mm-hmm. So it, it's, it's a little bit weird. Uh, so at this point, um, there is a uh, a town, mob. like no no. This is before the mob. This oh. is the the town like where they're like, oh you know it was like if there are any words of comfort I can give you guys, I'm so sorry. You know this child is dead. Uh, they have like a whole like funeral for for Marty's Billy. yeah Billy, yeah. and then uh, Gary Busey is like I'm gonna take the kid home because you know I'm I'm Gary Busey and Gary Busey has been like. Not trying not to chug alcohol while he's in church. He's like doing his damnedest not to do it. So he puts Marty in his Porsche and starts driving away. And it's that point where Corey Haim says, what if he's not a monster? What if he's not a man? What if he's a monster like a werewolf? Yeah, what if he's a werewolf? I mean, he's like, you can't just come to that fucking immediate, like, oh, no, he's obviously he's a werewolf. Yeah. It's like, wait a minute, what? He's like, no, it's not a werewolf. Like... All the crazy people come out during the full moon. It's a scientific fact. Come on. Gary Gary has to... I'm going to have to tell you. It's it's the moon. It's the moon. 
That's yeah, kinda he's, it was, it was. he is not <laughs> giving up any like it is a hundred and ten percent Gary Busey at this point. So Yeah, I'm, he got to do whatever the hell he wanted. Yeah, I think they actually like called up Stephen King and said, Hey, Gary Busey wants to do his own lines, like ad lib them and Stephen King's like, I'm on cocaine because it was the eighties. Uh, he's like, Sounds good. <laughs> Woo! Yeah. Uh so at that point, then uh we have the mob. That's right. Yes, 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 yes. Because the dad shows up with yeah. his little armband thing. So what happens is, is there's a, a big meeting. There's a mob. The, all the rabble rousers from before are like going to start something. Terry O'Quinn comes inside and he's like, this is is justice, some, something like mob justice. He oh, doesn't say is, mob justice. Uh, no. Damn it. How does he say? He says it's justice. That's, that's the he right word. He said something based. justice. Um, it's private justice. Private justice. There and you I'm go. I'm like, that's, that's right. not private justice. That's mob men, like rule. Come on, man. You got to private justice this shit. Come on. So, yeah. So, he's trying to talk him down. Uh, the Billy's father is like, I'll show you private justice. And, you know, is all, you know, super mopey because this kid got ganked. And then they go out. All the mobs, like, the, after that, the sheriff's like, whatever, I fucking give up. And all the mob people go out in search of like, the werewolf. They're they're like running to their cars, and the reverend's like, "No, don't, don't do this." Yeah, yeah. So the reverend's trying to stop them, and they're like, "You know, fuck off, reverend." And then they they go anyway. And uh, while they're out there, they they Shut just so happen to to find the fucking foggiest area. Yeah. So apparently, like, there's like soup thick fog, like up to your like your chest. Like, piece, like, I mean, it's, it's so thick you can't see. I mean, it, I get it. It's obviously, you know, like, dry ice and, and all that kind of shit. But it's up to the fucking chest. And they're walking around in this and shit. And they're like, I think he went this way. I can't hear anything in this fog. No, because there's a lot of old people there's in this a lot shit, of old too. People. We um, gotta get the hell out of here. So then the killing starts. And there's, like, four, four or five people who, who get killed in that time. It's, it's, I think it's about four but they like they're getting pulled down in the fog and then popping up and then pulled down in the fog again and popping then up throwing out like they're he's throwing them everywhere yeah. and kill he's killing them yeah. I mean obviously he's killing them so in this area with all these people with guns the one person to not have a gun is the bartender who brought the peacemaker he brought his baseball bat guess how he dies he gets beaten to death by the peacemaker by the peacemaker a werewolf using a wooden baseball bat to beat somebody to death. Yeah. Which, this comes back later on. Yeah. Uh, at this point, uh, the town is freaked the fuck out. Uh, the Reverend has... There's this really interesting part. So, the Reverend is having this group S- funeral. Sermon. Yeah. yeah uh, for everybody. And he's like, you know, like, you know, like, I, I just, just... I wish there were words of comfort. He's like, that I there's no you. comfort here, Reverend. The, the Billy, Billy's dad yeah. is all, there's like, no comfort here, Reverend. And then, <laughs> and, then he, and then he starts laughing, and then it shows the Reverend freaking out, and then it goes back to the dad, who's starting to fucking turn all hairy. Yeah, he's getting all hairy. He's like, hey, he was torn and, apart. And he's like, he starts to grow teeth. Well, then everyone starts to get hairy and yep. grow teeth and go crazy. And even, like, the fucking organ player. Who is, like, still playing. Ah, it's all. Dun, 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 And, you know, doing the weird werewolf thing. Yeah. So everybody's turning into a werewolf. And then they all attack him. And they all go after him. And, and then, then he, he wakes, wakes up. up. Which we have repeatedly had the sister being the, the viewpoint character. and be, Or, like, supposedly. But being the, not the viewpoint, but. The narrator. The narrator. 
Like she's telling this story. How can she tell the story with if if did the, the reverend tell her about this? Was if there like the a reverend note? had like, the creepy wet dream? Dear diary, I had the dream about everybody turning into werewolves again. I hope I don't have that one again, and I really love having both my eyes. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> I, it was really kind of weird. Yeah. Um, at this point, we're introduced to the actual silver bullet. So previously, Marty's that was silver bullet one. Yeah, this that the, was, the Mark silver one silver bullet. bullet. Uh, and then we get uh, the Mark II, which is, uh, it's a motorcycle. It's a tricycle motorcycle. It's, it's a motorcycle with three wheels. That's all it is. And it's and it's ridiculously like, fast. It goes 45 miles an hour. It is a tiny car, basically. It's huge. Mm-hmm. So Gary Busey designed and developed this thing for Marty. Um, to go room room fast. Real fast. Uh, faster than a truck. Yeah. Yeah. Like a Bronco. Like, faster than, than people driving, like, normally. So, at least, at least... 50, 60? Well, you know, I'd say 30 to 40. Oh. Really? You know, yeah, well, it's, it was a turn. People are going to slow down on that kind of thing. I'm just saying, like, it's it's the middle of nowhere. It's a farm road. It's the 1970s, though, and people are driving, you know... I'm just like, that's, that's so fucking weird. Either way, it's very, very dangerous. And <laughs> it's so funny. And then... Uh, to top that part off, uh, he hands him a bag of fireworks. Yeah. He's like, these are for you. Just take them out somewhere, but stay close to the house. Don't let the man keep you down. Yeah. So then... The man being the werewolf. Yeah. Or, or the people telling him not to go outside because of werewolf. Uh, it's at this point that uh, Marty decides to crawl down the antenna aerial next to his house. Uh, you know, and he's, he's he in a wheelchair. He has I mean, basically, he has no legs. And he crawls down the, the side of this thing, lifts himself down into the Mark II silver bullet, which is loud as fuck. So, and then he somehow moves it far enough away from the, the house. And it's not like he could walk it there. Well, so my thing is, is he, I, we see him every now and then being able to push it like it's an actual wheelchair. True. Which doesn't make a whole lot of sense. It doesn't, because there's wheels on the bottom. I, like... I just, I just, it didn't make a whole lot of sense to me that he's able to move it like a wheelchair. Yeah. And yet, for some reason, the drivetrain, like when he, you start up the, the thing, wouldn't be slowing him down. Yeah. It's, I don't know, just shenanigans. Know. So he drives out in the middle of nowhere into a forest, sets up fireworks on a wooden bridge and starts firing those sons of bitches off. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like three feet away from him. Like the too. bridge is not going to catch on fire. Like he's not going to catch on fire. I was like, Jesus yeah. Christ. He was so close to some of that shit. I was like, uh, Corey Hain better gotten fucking, like, some kind Stunt of... double or something. Yeah, something. Jesus. Uh, the werewolf starts walking towards him. Uh, we're, uh, we, we were specifically shown a bottle rocket uh, for Corey Haim uh, by, uh, by Gary Busey. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says, this is a rocket. Point Save it this away, one for last. Point it away from you. This is a rocket. And yeah. then... Of course, Corey Haim uses the rocket to, you know. He's a dead eye with that shit. He's a dead eye with fucking everything. Everything. Maybe it's because his legs uh, don't work, and, and that's his, his daredevil. Fucking, his fucking senses like kicked in for shooting things. It's his daredevil like like <laughs> thing. He, instead of being able to see <laughs> in, with being blind, it's because he can't walk, he can shoot everything in the fucking eyes. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So he gets him in the eyes. Uh, he he shot the rocket in the werewolf's eyes. Yeah. Uh, eye, just one, just, just one, one eye. eye, just the so one. So he's now he has uh, now has no eyeball. Yeah, he makes it back home like he's doing a hundred. Yeah, like to get back home, 
He, he somehow gets back home, shimmies up the damn antenna thing, goes through his window, doesn't close the window. Not that it would matter very much anyways, because, mm. you know, he's a werewolf. But, you know, doesn't close the doesn't close the thing and then just curls up under his cover in the corner of the room. And stays there for, like, the whole day. And then, like, tearfully explains this to his sister. The next day. The next day. And then so she believes him, goes on a whole hunt to try to find the person who is missing an eye. Yeah. So she goes everywhere. And her and her she has a decent enough excuse, which is she's collecting bottles for the church. Yeah, like her UNICEF or something yeah. like that. Uh. So she's collecting bottles from everybody. So she goes everywhere. Her cart is completely full by the time that she gets back to the church. And she where, doesn't believe Marty at all. And dun, dun, dun. Oh, God, it's the Reverend this whole time. And he's missing an eyeball. Oh, uh, and uh. then she sees the, uh, so we don't, we see it. She doesn't see the reverend yet. She doesn't yet. see the reverend yet, but she goes and she drops off all her cans, gets spooked by a mouse, falls into the cans, finds the busted half of the peacemaker, and then the the uh, the reverend pops up and he's like, are you okay? And she's just like, holy shit, you don't have an eye. Yeah. And she just, ah! Which. Freaks out, doesn't, doesn't move. And he's like, are you okay? And she goes, Do you want to uh-huh. come inside? You seem a little warm. Would do, you like do, to come inside? Would you inside? like to come inside for some lemonade? And she's you, like, no, yeah. no, no. I have nah. soda pop. Would you like to come inside? No. Nah, I've got I, some candy. I'm Would you okay. like to come into my van for some candy? I mean, he was. it was very pushy. It was very, it got and, creepy. Yeah, and she's just like, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm going to go home now. You know, thank you so much. And so she like, she, she goes away. And the reverend, she was complaining about her brother to the reverend who just got shot in the fucking eyeball by And recognizes Corey. it. That's the other thing that I thought was weird too. So he is completely cognizant of what he is doing while he is the werewolf. Uh-huh. He saw Corey Heyman. His immediate reaction was, let me go ahead and kill him. And then later on, he's like, I have to protect my, my uh, you know, changing powers. Let me go ahead and kill Corey Haim's like sister yeah while i'm not a werewolf yeah and then and then so she goes home she tells Corey haim Corey haim's genius thought is let's <laughs> let's send him a note a couple of letters that say we know who you are kill yourself it was so funny. It was like, like cut up like a ransom letter. Like a from ransom like a, note. Yeah. Like from a, like a bad movie. Oh my gosh. And so, which by the way, if anybody ever needs to write a ransom note, uh, the for rent, for rent guides are yeah. perfect for that. Just, just a, you know, that's, that's just a, a ESA 3am. ASAT, ESAT 3am. Thank you. Uh, it's just a, uh, everything scary. Word of wisdom for you, right there. <laughs> uh, make sure you go to the rent. Uh, penny saver. That's where you want to go. Uh-huh. It's the, cheap. The, it's easy, and it's got a lot of letters in it. Yep, and, and, and in all up. different font. All different fonts. There you go. I know that because I wrote that ransom letter to you at one time. Oh yeah, that was weird. Uh huh. And we're still together. <laughs> anyway, that's um, why I'm a keeper. <laughs> uh, it's at this point that Marty uh, has told the uncle, mm-hmm. uh, and he doesn't believe them. And then Marty's just kind of fart. So that's, we get, all this is like 20 minutes, by the way, where like nothing is happening. We all know who the, the, the werewolf is and all this other bullshit is happening. And then eventually the werewolf go, or uh, the, the reverend goes yeah. after Corey Haim. Goes to fucking kill him in his car. Yeah. Like tries to run him off the road and everything. Like is smacking him around on this wheelchair, mm. like denting it all up to hell and back. He goes over a bridge. Um, of course, runs out of gas. Mm. 
Corey Haim goes Corey over the bridge Haim's, and runs out of gas. Yeah. Uh, it's at this point that the the Reverend starts walking slowly towards him. <laughs> this is John's favorite part. It, it is so fucking funny. He's just like, don't you understand? I can't kill myself. I was doing the Lord's work by killing these folks because they were horrible people and I get to send them to heaven because they would have destroyed themselves with drink or suicide and it would have been bad. Don't you understand? All things serve the word of God. Don't you understand? You meddling little shit. Literally, that's what he says, and it is my favorite fucking line. <laughs> Everything else that Gary Busey says comes into a close second, but that is my favorite fucking line. The meddling he, little shit. You meddling little shit. <laughs> it's just like, what it's the, just fuck? Like the ultimate angry dad. Like, that's what it sounded like. But it, it sounded like, like an angry Scooby Doo villain, but like finally able to cuss. <laughs> Like, he finally got it. Like, the, the electric knight is like, you meddling little shits. And he gets, he gets so angry. And then, and then you know, a farmer go, drives by Who, in his tractor. This would have been the perfect uh, time for a Stephen King cameo, but we don't get one in this movie, unfortunately. Yeah. Which is weird, because it it's, a, it's a Dino De Laurentiis movie, and that was the person who did uh, Maximum Overdrive, which is written and directed by Stephen King. So mm-hmm. it was surprising that they didn't have Stephen King in that movie yet. Um, well, so the, 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 the farmer saves him because he hears Corey Haim screaming his lungs out. Kind of spooky in there, ain't the, it? The reverend gets spooked. He runs the fuck away. Even though he's a fucking werewolf. So he gets spooked, runs away. They're able to get the the the, the new silver bullet out. They're able uh, to get it back home, yeah. And it's there where... Gary Busey discovers that... Transfer. Paint transfer. Yes. Yeah. That's, so he's like, yeah. oh, there's paint transfer on this. Somebody did try to hit my nephew with a fucking car. And it was the Reverend's car because he drives a blue car. Mm-hmm. So. He goes to, uh, at this point, Gary Busey goes to Terry O'Quinn, tells him what's going on. Terry O'Quinn starts to investigate. Uh, Terry O'Quinn shows up at the Reverend's place. Shows up at the Reverend's place, checks out his, uh, the, the garage area, mm-hmm. which is where all the cans were because that's where... Um, Mar- what's his name? Marty? Marty? Marty's sister told him where to look. Mm-hmm. Um, he sees the peacemaker. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that's where, you know, shocker, the, the, the Reverend werewolf. just pops out of nowhere. Yeah, he just pops up. And then starts changing in front of him. He's just like, <laughs> blah, 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 and it's very, it is a slowy. Rubber mask. Rubbery, just nasty looking <laughs> changeover. Def- definitely not the best uh, transformation. Which is horrible because we had just seen. Uh, the Howling. The Howling. Which, which had a was, fantastic transformation. And it was like four years earlier yeah, than this. Yeah. And then we also had, you have the, the, the amazing, the even more amazing transformations that happened in American Werewolf in uh, London. Yeah. Uh, like, I want to say three years earlier. Was it 82 or 81 that came out? I think it was 82. Probably, that, probably 82. Yeah. So, I mean, this was all, like, we've seen better shit. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, they were definitely trying to save money on that It part. was, it is sad. It's sad. Um... <laughs> And then he uh, he, the, he proceeds to whack the sheriff on the head, cracked him open just like a little re- coconut. Repeatedly with yeah. the broken half of the baseball bat. Yeah. Two people get killed with this goddamn with, baseball with, with bat. With the peacemaker. Yeah. Yeah. That baseball bat has more kills than the actual, like... A werewolf. You know, like any anything <laughs> else in this fucking movie. He's... Why would... I just, like, I don't understand it. Uh, but yeah, kills Terry Quinn. So you know that's that's the best part of the movie out there. I was like, oh great, whatever. Uh, it's at this point that Marty 
uh, hands over his St. Christopher medal. Was it St. Christopher? It was one of those. Uh, it gives over... Um, his silver medal. A silver medal to make into a silver bullet. Uh, it gets made into a silver bullet. Actually, that whole thing was kind of funny, too, because Gary Busey takes it to this, this ammunitions guy mm-hmm. who makes bullets. And, uh, you know, he's like, you know, my, my, my nephew just got into... Uh, shit, what, what was the show? I can't remember. Anyway, so he, he convinces them to make a silver bullet. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the guy's done. It's beautiful. He's like, it's like a beautiful bullet. Maybe the finest work I've ever done. Yeah. This, this, this is creepy. Maybe the finest, the finest work I've ever done. Yeah, you know. And, what, uh, what would you want to kill a, with a silver bullet? That's crazy. Yeah. That's just crazy yeah, talk. Gary Busey's like, I mean, what would you give for a silver bullet? You know, it's just, it's just a, it's just a, uh, like a memento or something. Yeah, it, it, and he goes, a werewolf? Um, and like, like, the guy's like, a werewolf? Like, like just very matter of fact. Yeah, like, no, I mean, in case you need to shoot well, a werewolf, that's what you would want yeah, to do. Yeah, like uh, everybody fucking knows that it's a werewolf that's been yeah. telling this entire, that's been tearing this entire town apart. So, I mean, Corey Haim came up with that like three, you know, kills ago. Yeah. So I just, I just assumed that's what you were making it for. Is that, was I wrong? So. And sometimes dead <laughs> is better. Sometimes Especially when better. you're killing a werewolf. <laughs> werewolf. Well. Anyway. Uh, it's at this point that Gary Busey tricks Marty and sister's mom and dad out to a trip to New York on Halloween. Mm-hmm. Which he, he he actually pays for. He mm-hmm. told them that he won a trip or something, but what he's actually doing is just getting them out of the house so they can kill this werewolf. Yeah. They hang out there the whole night, then everybody falls asleep. Isn't it like 3 o'clock in the morning or something? Or something like that, yeah. yeah. it's like late. Uh, at this point, Gary Busey's having second thoughts. He's trying to get them to go to sleep. Uh, it's then the power goes out. And it's like, oh, that's kind of spoopy. Well, first she sees the Oh, yeah, wolf. she sees yeah. The, the sister sees the werewolf outside. And the werewolf does not look good. It's it's hilarious. I mean, he's missing a fucking this. eyeball. Yeah, like, he, he obviously does not look all he's there. like, Rawr. And he was like, ah, no, not werewolf. So she's freaking out. You know, Gary Busey's like, I didn't see anything. Corey, I don't know what you're talking Corey about. Corey Haim's freaking out. Everybody's freaking out except for Gary Busey. Then the lights go out. Then Gary Busey starts to freak out a bit. Yeah. And then um, the fucking werewolf busts through the wall of the house like the Kool-Aid man. Yep. I get to say that that time because he really did. Kicks open the wall like uh, Smash Mouth on that one Saturday Night Live uh, episode. I don't even know what you're talking about. Somebody once told me. No. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> anyway, it busts through like a whole half of the wall. That would have been funny. Well, the funny thing at this point was that Gary Busey had removed the bullet from the gun. The one bullet that was in the gun. Drops the bullet, drops the gun. He drops the bullet in the fucking vent on the floor. Yeah. Which... So Corey Haim has to like dig in there with his two little fingers and try to get it mm. while Gary Busey's being thrown all over the fucking room. He is getting the living shit kicked out of him. And his sister's getting thrown all over the room too. And then finally, the sister gets the gun. Corey Haim pulls out the bullet. She gives the gun to Corey Haim. Who dead eyes that motherfucker? Who shoots him right in the other fucking eyeball? The like, other eye. Easily, he's like he, with his eyes closed. He shoots him with his eyes closed. It's it's you know the lack of legs allowed him to become the perfect sniper. <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous. That's what happened. It's ridiculous. So and then. You know, uh, that transformation wherever he goes from wolf to man happens. And he's, you know, sitting there missing both of his eyeballs. And then the jump scare. <laughs> and then he drops back down. And, he's dead. and then he dies. 
And then we get a little outro. It's like, and that's when I, you know, realized that I loved my brother. I love you, Marty. I haven't always been able to say that. And, I, and then it ends. And I'm like, well, first off, that's kind of a, a just a. Like, is he dying? Like, like what, did, why is she telling the well, story? Is he yeah, on his deathbed? I don't. Or did he already die? Yeah. It, it, you have no idea. I love you, Marty. Like, she's like writing this in her memoirs. Like, it's like, I loved you, Marty. You, you were the bestest brother until you died. Or, you know, you got taken up by the CIA to become a sniper and kill people. Because that's obviously what happened to Corey Haim after this yeah. movie. Was he just became a the world class. The best sniper in the yeah. world. They just gave him a, you know, he has like his own like turreted like, you know, wheelchair system that drives around at 70 miles an hour. And he's able to shoot some son of a bitch, you know, like, wherever the hell he is. He's like the crippled John Wick. He is. Like, it's like the accountant. I mean, seriously, it's it's effed up how good of a shot this son of a bitch is. And that's, that's, that's the end. That's Silver Bullet. It was ridiculous. Like, just trying to go through some <laughs> of that In a fun way. Shit. Yeah. It, it, was, it was ridiculous in a fun way. Really suggest... So, my issue with this movie was it was... There are a lot of parts in there where I was just bored to tears. Like, because nothing was happening. And if you've ever read Stephen King books... It kind of makes a lot of sense because that's what happens in a lot of Stephen King books. There's a lot of just dead, like, I don't care what's happening. Can we move on yet? No? Okay. And then there's, like, something spooky and then there's, like, nothing. Uh, So it was was weird. It was weird to have these just dead zone times where you're sitting there and just like, okay, that's cool. Not even Gary Busey was being, like, funny at that point. You're just like, "Uh uh-huh. Can we just hurry up and finish this? Thank I don't know you. which part you're talking about. I I'm enjoyed just, this whole movie. There was like a lot of parts that were just long to me. And I was just like, okay, that's you could have gotten the, all the information you wanted out. You just didn't do it. Well, we're also old and we don't stay up that late. So I, it was I late. do. I'm I, I'm I'm as you're only as young as you feel, and I or, or old as you feel, and I feel pretty damn young. At least young enough to have enjoyed this movie if it was exciting, which it wasn't. I feel like 150 when I was watching this movie. I wanted to go home, make a couple of tacos. I was, it was so boring. Like, there were just parts where you're just like, oh my god, and you don't believe it, and then all this bullshit starts happening. But, uh, again, it's still, there are enough parts of this movie that were fun. And I would definitely say, probably, this is, if you're going to have a bad movie night, watch this movie. Like, do this as in between the two other bad movies. Because this is kind of a palate cleanser. There's enough dead time to where you can have little conversations. Gary Busey is, is fun. Uh, you know, Everett McGill Creepy. is hilarious with that whole part where he gets super energetic calling the kid a little shit. Uh, and there's not enough that is offensive in this movie to where you'd be like, oh, that's, that was just awful. I don't want to have this anymore. Um, so it, it's probably why I'm going to have to give it about, I'm going to give it six bottle rockets to the face out of ten. Nice. Yep. <laughs> Right in the eyes. All three of them. Just just three three for each eye. That's how good Corey Haim is. I will give it a seven peacemakers out of ten. Seven pieces of a peacemaker? Pieces of peace. I was going to try to say that, but then I was like... Pieces of a peacemaker. Pieces of peace. See, I can't say Don Castanelletti. I like that guy, too. Maybe if I could actually... If you wrote it down, I could see who you were talking about. I didn't see his name. It's it's the... Yeah, no. Well, so he was the one who was at the very beginning. It's Don... Co- oh, I'm sorry. Coscarelli. I'm probably thinking Cassina, uh I'm thinking Homer's voice actor is what I was thinking. Of. Don oh. Coscarelli. Oh, okay. 
Yeah. That's who. That's that's, that's who direct who oh, did directed okay. the majority of them. It's okay. uh, the other guy is I want to say Don Castellaneta. Cast Castellaneta. He's the one who does the hey, I'm Homer. You know that one. But yeah. it's it's Don Coscarelli was there the person go. who got and I can kind of see why he quit because the it, it, the werewolf in this movie does not look like a werewolf. It looks like. It looks like... Didn't we hear wombat? Yeah, somebody said wombat. I'm going to say this looks more like a koala. A bear. I think it looks like a bear. Uh, okay. I'm, I'm going to say it looks like something from Howling 3, the marsupials. I mean, it does look very marsupial Yeah, it looks it looks like a like an evil kangaroo, which probably explains why it likes to punch and hit things with bats instead. <laughs> it's such a weird... That's such a weird And that was thing. The, the other thing... How do you have to watch like a good werewolf movie? Yeah, we'll we'll have to get to that. Yeah, uh, my the weirdest thing that I saw though uh, was in there was so this all happened in 1976. This happened during uh, a period from the summer to the fall. The fall. Um. And so was the werewolf always a, like was the reverend always a werewolf? I don't know because I didn't. I honestly did not realize that it took that freaking long. For this whole movie to like, I just thought was he just really chilling like, and then he was like, "That guy is drinking. I have to kill him." Because he, he was trying to make it out like he was stopping people from dying from or like sinning. From, yeah, from from going to hell for sinning. But what he was really doing was just killing folk, and it was hilarious because <laughs> he wasn't he was never chewing on them as you would normally see in werewolves. Mm-hmm. But it was just like <laughs> boop, heads head got lopped off yeah. like a dandelion. Boop. Uh, but yeah, that's, what about you? Did you understand what the hell was going on with the Reverend? Did you, uh, did you love this movie? Did you hate it? Let us know. Uh, reach out to us at, uh, ESAT3AM.com or ESAT on Twitter, Facebook. We've went through this whole spiel before. Y'all know where to find us. Just come and find us. Don't forget our ESAT3AM at gmail.com. We're always happy to hear from you. And I think we're going to go ahead and just, you know, talk to you all later then. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Let us know what you feel like and we'll see you all next time. See you then.